0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Write Podcast. My name is Harry Drake and I am your host yet again for another dive into writing and it's many varied and interesting things it requires. I was going to say forms, but we're kind of just sticking with fiction and what it takes to write fiction, mainly prose fiction. So uh, we'll just stick with the requirements. Uh, I'm coming to you live again from the building out in my backyard, the screened in porch, Uh, I have two new cats with me today. Um, One is named Jack, one is named Middle One, because we have three gray ones and none of them have real names, Um, as well as some cows kind of in our pasture, and probably a dog once I get going. Um, As usual, I'm not filming in my house, I am filming outside in the nice air. Fortunately, it is just starting to warm up a bit. Um, I live in North Texas, and the weather is never... What it is supposed to be and never quite predictable. Uh, So (laughs) for right now, so even though it is April, uh, it is still very, very cold. Yesterday was actually 37 degrees where I lived and I had to wear sweatpants all day in the house, which is an abomination, uh, especially in April. So yeah, it warmed up a nice little bit today. So I thought why not go back outside and record. Um, But besides all of that, today we are going to be talking about characters specifically physicality of characters and how to kind of first build that physicality so when I mean physicality I'm mainly going to focus on appearance uh there's other things as well that kind of play into that physicality like you know the pace with which they walk um how they stand their posture all that good stuff that I will dive into but mainly I'm going to focus on just kind of the general appearance um Appearance is multifaceted and each kind of part of a character's appearance reveals more and more about themselves or kind of hides a little bit more about themselves as well. Uh, So for example, if you're going to go with what I'm going to call a contrast in terms of outside versus inside the character and the human being, uh, maybe you have a character that is super put together uh, inside, like they know exactly what their plan is for the day, for the week, how to meet their goals, how to challenge their goals, and how to get exactly what they want, but maybe they dress a little sluggish, a little sloppy in real life. Or you could do the reverse, like your character is super put together, super well dressed, but inside has no idea what is going on or how to do anything. Um, So again, those are just kind of the standard contrast versus like compliment, you know, similar to that uh, on a different note, you know, a character that is just a boss lady, like in charge of everything, it's typically gonna be characterized as somebody who is very, very well put together because her brain and her personality are very put together, very cohesive, very niche. So then would her appearance. So again, it can tell you some things about the appearance. It can confirm or contrast some things that you will later learn about their character. There is no like right or wrong way to do that. It just kind of depends on the character, your style of writing, what you're kind of going for. Often that contrast can be used as a form of comic relief. So for example, like a character who is like six foot nine (laughs) and covered in tattoos, um, works out like eight days a week, uh, just drinks pure testosterone and is just a monster. You know, the trope with them is often going to be like they have 25 cats and they can't even kill a spider when it's like itty bitty tiny and in their house Uh, in their food even. So often that contrast is really nice to see. Again, in a more comedic setting, it's also just kind of nice to see because humans are not black and white, like I said earlier. But again, in other stories, circumstances, it is necessary to have a character that their outward appearance reflects their personality as well. So that big tough character might actually be big and tough on the inside and uh, just ruthless, horrible person. Or you might have this cute little five-year-old girl who only wears pink and frilly things and she just loves, like, small poodle dogs. She is genuinely very, very sweet. So, again, the outside does not necessarily have to match the inside, but it is nice to have the outside to go off of first. I personally just like to see my characters kind of together. And once I see them together, that will help me figure out how they interact, uh, how they might, you know, respond to each other, look next to each other, comments that might be made about them if they're particularly close or good friends. Um, So I just kind of like to have the appearance to go off of. Uh, And again, it is multifaceted. So as we move through this, each little thing about the appearance or their outward presentation is going to reveal more and more about the character. Um, So first, we're going to dive into what I'm labeling as genetic things. Uh, So these are things that they are typically born with, um, that they may be cannot change or do not have a whole lot of control over you know some of these are hair color eye color um skin tone <laughs> nose cheekbone um so like they do we do have control over those now um but maybe these are things that just have a basic appearance you know um like if you were filling out a, a driver's license form whatever uh these would be questions that you would be asked and that you would kind of have to answer so again kind of basic level genetic things um their hair color their eye color Their skin tone, maybe you know if they have a certain nose shape. You know, my favorite thing is to always figure out what exactly their cheekbones look like. Uh, I love cheekbones, um, so I'm always trying to figure out what exactly, pinpoint the shape of their cheekbones, how much they jut out from their face, or how much they don't. Um, And again, those are going to be the more like things on their face. That's probably a better thing to say. The things on their face. We often, you know, when we look at other people, see their face more. So it's really important to have like a good kind of at least basic grasp on what. Your character's face looks like, first off. Uh, I wanna say as well that this is not set in stone. These can change. Um, you know, you might write a character one way, you know, for a couple pages they have blue eyes, and then all of a sudden you start writing a new thing a couple of days later and they have green eyes, but you like the green eyes better, so then you have to go back and change it. Or hair color changes, hair style changes, all that good stuff. So again, not like not written in stone. Another really important to, thing to kind of figure out are their height. weight their proportions these don't need to be precise again you just need to have like a really good handle on how the character looks IRL um so obviously like again not every character is going to be that like binary of like short and wide tall and thin you're going to kind of mix it as you go uh, and as you kind of look at humans in the real world if you never have they're often a mix of different proportions different sizes Uh, I myself am kind of average sized in terms of height, but I'm maybe a little bit larger than the average woman. Um, I know people who are taller than average, but just really are just so, 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 so skinny. So it just kind of depends on the character and what they want. Um, I want to point out really, really quick that uh, just because your character is larger does not mean that they always have to be eating something. Just because your character is skinny does not mean that they always have to be saying, well, I can't eat that, or I only eat salad, or I don't eat carbs, or anything with a calorie. I just eat celery. Like, that's not, that does not define your character, and that should not be the important thing about your character. If your character is going to be somebody who eats a lot, they don't have to be a heavier person. Uh, If they're going to be somebody who's constantly struggling with a diet, they also don't have to be a heavier person. Like, those things that they're not mutually exclusive. So don't do that. Ignore that. Um, As I said, they don't need to be precise. Uh, You just kind of, again, have to have a firm grasp on how they would look, at least with your other main characters, uh, and just kind of generally what you want them to see, what what you want the audience to see. Playwrights, this is going to be completely different. You can say explicitly, like, they have blonde hair, uh, or you can write in the thing about them having blue eyes, or you could say they are taller than the average person. They are rounder than the average person. That's fine, but you don't need to get too, too precise unless it is just something you really, really have envisioned. And this is just, this is Georgian. Georgian has dark hair. That's all I know. Or, uh, you know, Bridget and Adelia. Bridget is taller than Adelia, and that's a big, important thing to the plot. Uh, That's fine. That's cool. But playwrights, you get to kind of skip that. (laughs) It's okay for you to say this is what they look like, this is how I see them, and to have that view in your head, but that doesn't always translate to the page, especially because you're really rarely going to find an actor that looks exactly like that specific character you've got written in your head. So, playwrights don't worry about it. Prose authors, do worry about it at least a little bit. Uh, Another really important thing to look at when kind of considering all of the like, things you would build in The Sims, <laughs> um, would be any kind of distinct traits or markings that they have. Um, so, for example, the Weasley family, they all have red hair. That's kind of a distinct thing about each of them, you know? You can tell that they're Weasleys because of their freckles, their red hair, and they just kind of have the same look. Uh, all very long, gangly as well. Uh, another thing, my family, all of the women on my mom's half have, have, like, the same chin. It's really weird. Um, but we all have... <laughs> A similar chin and a similar shape to our chin, especially like the actual chin part below your mouth, um, which I am like punching on myself to make sure I'm describing it good. Um, so we all have that same thing. Um, so that's just kind of like a combining family characteristics. So maybe they do have a kind of combination of family characteristics that make them all look the same. They could all be blonde. They could all have the same nose. They could have the exact same freckle above their right eyebrow. You know, maybe they've got that distinct thing they could also have something that just kind of sets them apart from the rest. Um, so maybe they have a really unique hair color. Maybe they are the only blonde in their family. Uh, maybe they're the only one with curly hair. Maybe they are missing an ear, you know, uh, something happened. They cut their ear off in the name of art. Um, it got bitten off by a tiger, like whatever, maybe they're missing that ear. Uh, maybe they just have really like irregular immaculate cheekbones or just like a really strong, like immaculate sharp nose. Um, You know, we all have those kind of unique features, something that sets us apart from everybody else in terms of how we look. Whether it's just like a really weird eye color that is not often seen, or it's like a specific shape of your lips, or it might could be like a scar along your nose. You know, we all have that thing that we are kind of best known for, our distinct trait, our distinct feature. Um, So try to find those for your characters. I'm gonna point out, it is not necessary to like find those. It's not necessary to know what they are right when you start out. Oftentimes I will start off with like a basic understanding of what my characters look like, um, you know, where they are in a range of general attractiveness, um, because sometimes that is very important to certain characters and then I'll go from there. And then as I write and as I kind of look at them through different viewpoints, then I will start to see any kind of uh, particularly noticeable or unique characteristic that will kind of set them apart. Um, it could be something as easy as they're just like a foot taller than everybody else. Uh it could be something as like subtle as like a certain freckle pattern. Like maybe they have a freckle pattern on their face that I don't know is like the Orion constellation. I don't know. Again, <laughs> it's not necessary especially if they have are like a background character or if they're just supposed to be kind of bland and boring. Um but it's always one fun for me to figure out, but too important for me as well. Um because again, we've all got kind of a distinct thing. I i have red hair. I'm the redhead. That's my distinct uh, feature. That's my distinct thing that everybody kind of knows about. Um, I have a very good friend that has a freckle above, like, I think her left lip. Um, I, I haven't seen her in over a year, so I don't quite know where. But I know she has a very distinct freckle. Um, so again, stuff like that. Just a distinct facial feature. There's also things that are a little more personal. Some stuff that maybe the character can control or kind of taught themselves. Um, These also might be a little more performative as well. Um, So for example, do they like to perform a different type of gender than they, you know, were assigned at birth or different sex than they are? Um, Stuff like that. Uh, So that's another important thing to consider as well. Um, Where do they fall in the gender scale? Are they non-binary? Are they feminine? Are they masculine? Does that that they identify with go with the sex that they were born as and kind of what society deems that they should be identifying as? For some stories, that's going to be super, super important. For other ones, like, unfortunately, the ones I typically write, not as important. Um, But it is still really important to consider. Especially, you know, for me, with my feminine characters, I like to kind of see where they fall on the scale of more feminine or more masculine. I have some characters that fall on the more masculine side and others that are just like as hard on the feminine side as they could possibly be. So it's just important to kind of look at, consider, think about, mull over a little bit sorry about that pause I had to go tell the cats that they will behave and be nice to each other or they'll get the hose um by hose I mean spray bottle uh so we will continue on now um so again gender where they fall on the gender scale what they kind of identify as is important to kind of figure out early on again that can change that can be part of the character's kind of storyline maybe they don't identify with this gender that they have been performing their whole lives and that's their journey to kind of figure it out Great, maybe as you're writing, you start to realize like, oh, this character falls in a different version of that scale than I thought. Great, cool, change it, go back. Maybe make it part of the story, whatever you gotta do. Um, But there are other things, other performative things that you kind of need to look at and at least, again, have a handle on when you start writing. Uh, If you cannot tell, I'm big on having a handle on things, but not quite, you know, saying these are firm, these are set in stone. So one of the big things for me that I always kind of struggle with a little bit, um, but it's kind of fun to figure out in terms of just performative things, things they choose or feel led to is clothing, like their clothing, their style, that good general stuff. So, you know, pink versus black, Uh, blue versus brown, colors they like to wear, colors they enjoy, colors they kind of stay away from. I personally love the color green, emerald green specifically, beautiful color, could wear it all the time. Same with like a burnt orange. 10 out of 10, stunning, too pretty, oh my god. I also hate wearing the color red. I absolutely never like to wear the color red. I have red hair, it contrasts with that. I am pale and I get red very, very easily. Uh, i have a lot of red pigmentation in my face and it brings it out and it makes me just look like I ran a half marathon. I did not run a half marathon, I work a desk job. Like I don't need to look like that. So I avoid the color red at all costs, except for when it might be like a dark moon or maybe a t-shirt from the college I attended. Then I'll wear some red. Otherwise, back it up. So your characters could have colors like that. Maybe they're beautiful and they look great in every color, that's fine. I often like to have characters in my plays have a signature color. In fact, in Girl with One Eye, I have four main characters, and all four have their own signature color. Uh, Georgian wears red, Tasha wears like a light baby pink, Adelia wears emerald green, and Bridget wears like a light sky, like baby blue. Uh, Does that mean that they're wearing that color the whole time? No. If they have a favorite color or color that they like to wear, they don't have to wear it the entire time. But it's just nice to know kind of what colors they are drawn to, what they're maybe not so drawn to. Another thing, do they like to kind of dress down, dress comfy, or do they like to dress up? Or are they a mix? Do they dress up for certain occasions, um, dress down for others, uh, or again, do they just kind of lean more in one way than the other? Um, What about, you know, general clothing shapes? Do they like dresses? Do they like suits? What do they like? What do they like to wear? Um, What about cheap versus luxurious? You know, I have characters that cannot afford to wear really fancy, expensive things. I have character in lead the lead character, there it is, uh in in the current work that I'm doing, uh, that like she does not she can't afford to have expensive dresses, expensive shoes, she kind of gets hand me downs from her sister and occasionally will get super nice things. Um but there are two other characters that just have that money, they know they can afford it, and they do, and it's one of the things that they kind of pride themselves on. Another thing to think about with clothing and style are gonna be time periods. Is this a period piece? Or is it a piece in the present? Maybe it's a period in the future. Maybe, just maybe, the character is a modern character. But they're really drawn to kind of old styles, old nostalgia factors. Um, So again, important to consider. Because as you look at other time periods, you're going to find other silhouettes, other styles of clothing, other colors that can be in use, prints, patterns, everything. So you're going to need to, if you're setting something in a time period, or if your character is just like, real nostalgic for that time period. Go back and look at things for that. Um, so that could be a Google image search, that could be watching, you know, historically accurate old movies. If it's not too far back like the 80s, you could just binge 80s like rom-com teen movies probably and get away with it and it'd be fine. Um, one of the big big things that helps me with the kind of the personal style uh, is also going to be Pinterest boards. I love Pinterest boards. They really help inspire my like, I don't know, writing when I'm looking at like an actual thing that my character could be wearing, um, and also just help me figure out like a general silhouette, a general style uh, dress that would be acceptable. A lot of my period pieces stick around the 20s cause I just know the general style that they would have worn in the 20s. Um, and I can kind of discuss that and maybe even discuss certain shapes, silhouettes, hat styles if I needed to, different patterns. So I like to stay there, but that's because I've done so much research into it via Pinterest and other things that are kind of historically accurate and modeled that way. If you're writing something from the Victorian era, start a Pinterest board with it. Start a Pinterest board for, you know, the 30s, the 50s, whatever you need. They're also just great because they will help you like actually see maybe what your character could be wearing, what you're looking for, rather than just kind of like dreaming it up and hoping you could find an actual garment from that time and kind of model what they're wearing on that. They did that for the Titanic. Rose, like her very first dress is a direct copy of a like magazine dress. Why can't you do that for a book that you're writing? Why not? Another cool thing with personal style, as I've been saying, it can reflect or reflect, confirm or contrast the inner personality. So it can be just like a direct line to telling who you are and who the character is, or it can also be a way to kind of swerve the opposition and just trick them into thinking you're a certain way. I don't think I need to dive too too much into this, but I will just a second. Um, there's like a whole like goth subgenre on TikTok and they look very tough and that their whole aesthetic is to be tough looking. But like IRL, they're super sweet, they're super cool. Again, the dude with the tattoos, you know, he's got tattoos, he's eight foot. He like works out again eight days a week he like only lifts horses he bench presses with horses he's the man's massive but he loves little baby kitties and he loves little baby like salamanders and he just is such a big softy inside um but he dresses like he's gonna just beat you up (laughs) so again it can reflect reflect uh confirm or contrast kind of what's going on in their inner personality another thing um i wouldn't say this is personal you can't want like quote unquote choose or kind of be led more towards this way um but like stands, how do they stand? You know, what if they walk with a limp? Again, defining character trait, maybe it's a limp, like Bates from Downton Abbey. Uh, maybe they walk around with their chin held high. That's just kind of where they lead from. It's kind of one of the main things that they do. Are they better than everybody? Maybe. Maybe they just like to walk with their chin high. Maybe they were trained that that was kind of the best posture for a woman or a man at that time. Do they walk fast? Do they walk slow? I myself am a quick walker. I walk very, very fast. Uh, My mother also walks very fast. She would pull me behind her in the way to Walmart, and I would nearly trip, and she would just kind of drag me along. So now I walk super, super fast. Um, You know, how they walk can't tell you a lot about them i'm i got i got to get things done i got things to do i got people to see i got stuff to finish i got you know binges to finish on netflix you know i got to i got to watch all the peaky blinders i don't have time to meander through walmart whereas somebody who walks slow maybe they do have time to meander through walmart maybe they do like to stop and smell the roses maybe they walk slow because I don't know, something's happened to them, who knows. Um, but again, those things can kind of tell you a little bit more about the character as well as just kind of place them in the rest of the world. You can use that stance um, to also kind of separate them from the rest of the crowd. Like I said, Bates, his defining character trait was that he walked with a lip. That kind of set him apart from literally everybody else in the series. <laughs> so that could be something that makes them stand out from the rest of the group. Um, similarly, like how do they interact with a group? Do they stand close to the group? Do they stand further away from them? Or are they in the center kind of being fun, being cute? That can also tell you a lot about them. Whether or not it's, again, performative or their like, actual inclination, their actual instinct, totally fine. But how they stand and interact with larger groups or other people is going to reveal a lot about them as well. Another thing to kind of consider... I don't know where to lump this one, um, but voice. (laughs) So what does their voice sound like? Uh, do they have like a deep voice? Are they loud like me? Do they talk slow? Do they talk fast? Do they have an accent? Um, do they articulate their words? Do they, do they mispronounce all their words? Like I do, um, you know, the voice can also help really shift the kind of perception of the character and help place them as well. Um, another really common contrast is going to be again, that, Nine foot tall man who bench presses horses and deadlifts five cows at a time. He might have like the softest, squeakiest little voice that you've ever seen. Um, similarly, when you see Jonathan Van Ness and he starts talking, you're not surprised. That's how Jonathan Van Ness sounds. You're like, yeah, that that that's what Jonathan Van Ness is supposed to sound like. Isn't that what all Jonathan Van Nesses sound like? Um, so again, like the voice can either confirm or contrast the character sidebar, I know Jonathan Van Ness is not a character. I know he's a real life human. Um, but he's the man started talking when I first was watching Queer Eye. And I said, yeah, that's how that's how you sound. That is exactly how you're supposed to sound, my friend. Um, so that is just kind of the general overview of character physicality and what to kind of be considering when you are looking at a character and kind of developing a character. You could get all of these, you know, in your mind at the exact same time, maybe you think about a character and they pop up and you've got all this kind of set, all this figured out. That's how I do it. Um, Sometimes I will have to go through and just like think about certain other things. Um, But typically when I'm designing a character or thinking about a character, they're just like there. Um, I don't have to like go in further and just like kind of dissect them and parse through certain things. Like they're just, that. that's how they look. Um, That's how Elizabeth looks, that's how Alma looks. That's just who they are (laughs) and there's no changing it. Um, But all of these can be subject to change as well. You can do like a little sim moment where you're building a sim and you go through and you look at, you know, what Leo would look like with different colored hair, different hairstyles, what a different, you know, type of clothing style would look like on them. Um, That is perfectly fine. You can do that. You can do that when you're first starting out, just like thinking about how this character looks. Again, it is all subject to change. None of this is written in stone. You don't have to stay with anything that you do the first time. Um, characters reveal themselves and come to life as you write. It's kind of one of the most important things about developing a character for me is just writing. You'll notice that my tactic to A, becoming a better writer, B, learning more about your characters, and C, like, learning more about any type of thing when it comes to writing fiction is just going to be to start writing because once you have written enough of these characters typically you know it'll happen around three four or five pages uh they'll just start doing things or saying things or showing up or wearing a certain type of thing and you're like yeah that's correct that's what you wear that is very right uh and it will just kind of come naturally and happen naturally so start writing and let the characters kind of take over and reveal as they go There's other ways for those of you who are maybe struggling to just kind of get a general view of a character in your head. Like, you know, you want to start writing, but you don't know quite A, what this character looks like, or B, how to describe them. Um, So you can go out and you can observe other people in like a natural habitat somewhere and just see what they look like, how they interact with others, how they stand, how they, again, react to things uh, and kind of go from there. Just like take a picture in your head of what they look like, what they're like and then kind of disperse from there. You don't have to stay like completely with this specific character in your head the whole time. Like maybe you're out and you're at a restaurant and you start to base the character on your waitress, but she has like waist length hair that's like in a ponytail and you decide that your character would have a pixie cut or a bald head. That's fine, totally fine. Maybe she is covered in tattoos, but your character would not be covered in tattoos. They're malleable. They're changeable. Even if they might have given you that base, you do not have to keep true to that person the entire time. They're just a base. You can kind of move on from there. You can also, again, just like go with your inclination, your first instinct. It's not a bad instinct. Uh, On tests, you're often told to not just change your answer if you're kind of questioning it, just to go with it. I do the same thing with characters. I tend to go with my first instinct um, unless for some reason, again, I'm just like writing and a character is like, you have lovely, lovely curly hair. And I'm like, he does. Okay, I guess he has curly hair. <laughs> um, so again, general broad overview of characters, picturing them, kind of envisioning them in your head. Um, before I move on, I want st- to I want to clarify earlier. I don't know if my language was direct or made enough sense uh, about gender. Gender is performative. Um, that you know, I- I'm not gonna. argue with that? I'm not gonna debate you on that. You can choose to perform whatever gender you want, whether it goes with your sexuality um or well first of all wouldn't go with your sexual it doesn't (laughs) my words are getting twisted but basically (laughs) gender is performative you can perform any gender you would like any time that you would like don't let someone tell you um what kind of gender you need to perform uh and you often do not choose your sexuality or your gender it chooses you um i hope that makes sense basically wear whatever you want, do whatever you want, be whoever you want, go by whatever name you want. I don't care. I love you. I support you, whatever you want to do. So I wanted to make sure I clarified that because I wasn't 100% sure if my language was open and accepting and I wanted it to be. Um, (laughs) I hope that makes sense. I hope that comes across. Uh, Just wanted to go back and clarify that before we meet the end. Um, And to end this off, I have a couple of quick questions to kind of help you with these characters. So maybe you've been going through with me and you've been pausing and you've been creating this new character in your head. Uh, I won't name them for you. I'll just say them, they, uh, but you've been creating this new character in your head and kind of visualizing them. And I wanted to give you a couple more things to think about in terms of what they do um, and other kind of basic things to be looking at as you start to write about this character. So number one, how do they act in a new place? What do they do? This can be something as mundane as their new office. This can be something as fantastical as the middle of a forest, this big clearing with like all these sparkly lights around it. Uh, it can be something as well as like they've just plopped down in a big metropolitan city for the first time. And they, this, is their, like, this is where they are now. So how do they act? What do they do? How do they react? How do your characters act when they are relaxed? What's their posture look like? What are they wearing when they're at their most relaxed? Where are they? What's going on? How do they change in front of certain people? Uh, This doesn't have to be their fake. This can just be like they're humans. Humans change and react to different people, different environments differently. So how do they change around and in front of certain people? They can be people they've known for a long time, people they like, people they've just met, people they really don't like, uh, people maybe they're on the middle ground with, somebody of a different social status or any kind of status as them. Last one. What do their different emotions look like? So what do they look like when they're happy? What do they look like when they're angry? When they're sad? Maybe when they're pondering something? uh, When they're surprised? Again, these will kind of come as you go. You know, you don't have to know exactly what your character looks like all the time uh, when you first start writing. But those are things to kind of consider and kind of think about. Um, It's going to be really important that you can, one, identify when they're angry. uh, And two, you can... um, explain what they look like and what they act like when they're in a certain emotional state Um, maybe they're the type of person that when they laugh they get super red in the face like me Uh, I have a character who when she cries she all of a sudden all her freckles show she has got them all over her face specifically all over her nose Um, and that's just kind of what she looks like when she's sad when she's upset maybe they're stoic maybe they are very reactionary and you can see it like with me or my character you know just something to kind of consider and have a handle on. Again, it can change as it would in front of certain people. Maybe they're super emotional in front of people they have never met before, but really like contained and stoic in front of people they have met. So thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, Thank you for sticking around while I went through kind of the basics of character physicality and gave you that rough structure to work with uh, and rambled on about making sure y'all knew that I, (laughs) that, uh, I think gender is performative and that you can be any gender you want. So thank you for that. Thank you for your patience. Um, (laughs) Next episode, we are going to go through a character questionnaire and we are going to kind of pull out some questions I think would be very helpful. And I'm going to kind of give you these far flung questions for us to kind of build a character off of Uh, practical practicum, if you will um i'm gonna push back naming again until like another episode uh it's very stressful i want to just cover it now but i need to let get the character basic first and then we'll go on to naming because that's typically how it goes uh, but yeah next week we're gonna actually do like a practical thing which is very very exciting um it's like in the third <laughs> harry potter book when lupin was like okay let's go handle a boggart and they were like what's this that we're doing um So I hope you guys are looking forward to that. I certainly am. If you would like to get in contact with me, please go to uh, Instagram and go to the right podcast on Instagram. Or you can email me at right at gmail.com. Again, I welcome any critiques, any feedback, uh, anything you would like to send me. I would also love to give any feedback on any kind of story y'all want um, or they all want to send me. And if you would ever like to have anything read for the audience and maybe we can kind of all go through and give feedback on it, or I can just kind of go back into my writing tutor days and give feedback. I would love that as well, but that can be another time. Again, I look forward to seeing y'all next week and I hope that y'all are not sick and tired of my rambling yet. (laughs) Bye guys.